he's talking about the silence of the heart. You know, the yes. silence where you, you retreat away from the things that are pushing you to, to make a snap decision. They're pushing you to react. To rationalize. To rationalize. Yeah. You take a step back into the peace of the heart, the, the place where God resides, you know, um, in a special way. Yeah. And you face up. Okay, so this traffic accident, you realize, I was riding this guy's tail, yeah. and I hit him in the bumper, yeah. etc. Then you have a decision to make. Welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. I'm your co-host, Father Peter Grodi. And we're back with another episode, continuing the study on the virtues, and particularly the, the virtue of prudence. And we're just having a lot of fun with, with prudence, this charioteer of the virtues, you know, this, um, this mother uh, of uh, the virtuous life, the active aspect of our life. The gateway. The gateway, yeah. Um, yeah. Before we get into that, again, this is a production of the Coming Home Network, uh, and please visit chnetwork.org to learn more about our work. Uh, we're a network of people who have embraced the Catholic Church uh, and others who are considering making that journey, who are asking questions. We're here to walk with you. We're here to, to go on this journey together. But wherever you are on that journey, you know, this is a show about uh, our life in Christ. Wherever we are, today we have the opportunity to, to grow in virtue, to grow in submission to Christ, to grow in surrender to his grace and to try to respond as best we can today. Mm -hmm. And that's what virtue is all about. So we, we started in the catechism uh, of the Catholic Church, the section on, on virtue, and, and it's kind of in the middle of this section of life in Christ. And we're, we're starting with prudence and we're going to go to the other virtues and kind of work our way outward in, in thinking about different aspects of life in Christ. And so we talked a couple episodes now about prudence. Last time we were really focusing on this aspect of, of prudence being this this habit of all constantly turning back to reality, hmm. about rooting our life, anchoring our life in truth and reality. Like, and all, all the moral life depends on that. And so um, we're going to continue that study today. Um, I want to begin by another quote from uh, Joseph Pieper's anthology. We read a little bit from that last time. And I read the beginning of this quote, but I'm going to read the full quote today because it gets into the aspect we wanted to focus on, which is really kind of the, 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 the two main components of prudence mm -hmm. writ large here. So he writes, what is asked of us then is no less than this, to reduce our own interest to that silence which is an absolute precondition if we want to hear or perceive anything. Yet everybody knows, whether we are dealing with the reconstruction of a traffic accident or trying to arrive at an adequate judgment in some dispute, should one of the parties involved fail to see the events the way they really occurred, then all further considerations become futile. The precondition for further reasoning is simply missing. The precondition for every ethical decision is the perception and examination of reality. And that really focused on that last week. Mm -hmm. but, but he goes on, and yet this perception makes up only the first half of prudence. Hmm. The other half consists in translating our knowledge of reality into decision and action. We are thus able to state prudence is the art of making the right decision based on the corresponding reality no matter whether justice, courage, or temperance is at stake. Uh, he's really talking about there's kind of two aspects here. And we, we talked a lot last week about prudence being this attending to reality, this turning to reality. So there's, if you will, there's sort of a cognitive, perceptive aspect of prudence. It's, it's looking at the truth, uh, trying to comp 
comprehend it mm-hmm. and and make uh, and deliberate and make a judgment about what's what's true in our situation. But then there's this decisive aspect of it, and we want to keep those two aspects of prudence in mind because I think as we look at the defects of prudence, we'll, we'll begin to see how um, how how important they are because this this whole act of prudence involves both the cognitive aspect, mm-hmm. again rooting ourselves in reality of things, mm-hmm. not staying merely in our stories or our rationalizations or our prejudices or our passions, but no, what's the reality? Mm-hmm. And, and deliberating and making judgment about that reality and then making a decision. And that decision is important because, um, again, as we'll see, I think we, we often uh, maybe think about uh, the truth. Sometimes we even kind of see what the truth means for our lives. Um, but People, going on to yeah. that decision is... is uh, the key. Peeper brings up that uh, the very neat um, example when he brought up that when you brought up that quote that you're talking about. Yeah. Because he he brings up how uh, in the uh, in a traffic accident. Right. Yeah. So you know, should either the parties not really recall, or either the parties either not recall or refuse to admit yeah. the events as sacred, and you can think. I was just thinking about how, you know, when it comes to that trans transformation, as yeah. he calls it, the transformation of the the practical knowledge, practical knowledge of reality, into then the the decisiveness, you know, into yeah. the judgment and the decisiveness. How, you know, in a traffic accident, if it's my fault, it's amazing how like you get into an accident, right? You a lot of emotions flying yeah. around. There's some fear going on there and everything, and so you're trying to kind of in your head. You're trying to remember what happened, but at the same time, you're sort of not wanting it to be your fault. You're, you're, you're trying to look for the details. You're trying to look for the details advantageous. To, to advantageous to you. Yeah. But you have that moment where you, you step back into the silence. When mm. he says silence, he's not talking about, you know, audible silence. He's talking about the silence of the heart. You know, the yes. silence where you, you retreat away from the things that are pushing you to, to make a snap decision. They're pushing you to react. To rationalize. To rationalize. Yeah. You take a step back into the peace of the heart, the, the place where God resides, you know, um, in a special way. Yeah. And you face up. Okay, so this traffic accident, you realize, I was riding this guy's tail, yeah. and I hit him in the bumper, yeah. etc. Then you have a decision to make. Yeah. And the decision is... I need to admit that I was the one in the wrong yeah. and not try to like get around this, not try to like make it look like it was his fault, which is a very unjust, you know, reaction to that situation. We have a decision to make. So we've made the deliberation and everything. We've come to that right, you know, under, we recognize reality for what it is. Mm-hmm. And now we have to get to the, now we're talking about the transformation into the right decision. Right. Just making that right response to the reality. So he, he writes, this is in that other, in the other book, the, the, on the cardinal virtues, he writes about that transformation. So the formal mechanism of that transformation of true knowledge mm. into prudent decisions is a matter I have dealt with elsewhere. The stages of the transformation are deliberation, judgment, decision. We're going to talk about those today and, and about their, their failures, you know, mm-hmm. but it goes on. In the receptive, perceptive attitude of deliberation and judgment, so the first part, is represented the cognitive aspect, cognitive character of prudence, while the last stage represents the imperative character, the decisive aspect. So mm-hmm. that's really what we're kind of looking at today. We're trying to think more practically and mechanically of when we're actually in these situations, we recognize that first part, mm-hmm. the cognitive aspect of the you know, attending to reality, deliberating about it, and then and judgment. We're going to talk about what judgment means in the philosophical mm-hmm. sense. Sure. Yeah. And then, but then there has to be that next element, you know, the difference between sort of having a vague notion of what I should do and saying, okay, 
I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That aspect is so important, uh, but we'll, we'll get there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. going back to the beginning, again, we, we already touched on this a little bit last week, but this first cognitive, as he calls the cognitive yeah, percep- perceptive aspect mm-hmm. of prudence is so important. Yeah. And your example is great, one of the traffic right. accidents. And it's the one we can kind of go back to a little bit, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, yeah. so if we're going to talk about the cognitive, talk, you know, cognitive aspect, and if we're trying to talk about specifically in light of the relationship of the cognitive and the decisive, yeah. the cognitive and the action kind of based part of prudence, those two those two parts of prudence, if we're going to talk about that, then the way that we, those two relate is in that transformation. So yeah. perhaps we should start talking about kind of what deliberation looks like. Sure. And we can if we want. I don't know if you want to do this. We can, do we can use Let's it in it. terms of talking about the traffic accident, yeah. <laughs> or we can yeah, go we elsewhere. Can I mean, it's a nice, Yeah. You know, we've all experienced it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of deliberation, um, there's first that kind of stepping back and trying to like trying first of all first to look at the the facts as they are and so we first have deliberation where we just we take kind of we take uh we would say what's the what's the word i'm looking for we take uh inventory Mm. right of the facts as we know them Mm -hmm. you know we take inventory of the facts and i think i know where you're going to go when we're talking about judgment and so i'm going to leave that kind of for a second but that deliberation is first trying to take inventory of the of the facts as much as we can get facts in a situation right right yeah and i i think right there too we we already begin to see uh, some of the ways where we can fail in prudence mm. you know like the simply the, the decision again you described it really well in, in that example of the traffic accident like there's always that moment and if you attend to Prudence. If you, if you tend to these ideas and you begin to reflect on your day and carry them with you, you'll you'll begin to I think um, become more aware of that moment in any situation where, oh, I have this urge mm. to to rationalize, mm-hmm. to try to, to 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 try to be selective in what I'm attending to, rather than just stepping back and just think, no, Lord, what is what what exists? What's true about this situation? No, I want to look for certain things. I want to begin to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of the deliberative aspect of prudence is, is that that decision to say, okay, no, no, just what is, mm-hmm. what is the situation? And we mm-hmm. were actually talking a little bit in the, um, uh, b- before the, the show today about, you know, other places here where, where um, Joseph Pieper is talking about conscience mm-hmm. and about, in, in practically speaking, a lot of us, you know, we've watched the Disney movie Pinocchio, you know, or, mm. or things like that, where it's taught. We, we have the sense of what conscience is. I've lived in it. practice. You actually went in the play. You were there. <laughs> you've been there. <laughs> Nose been, and all. I mean, yeah. but we know the experience. If we're honest with ourselves, we we know kind of what it feels like to have that still small voice mm. that we would like to ignore, but we can attend to it if we choose mm. to. And for all intents and purposes, that's a lot of what this element of prudence is. Is sort of attending to, I love how you described it, that place of true spiritual silence where, as he says, we're, we're reducing our own interest down. Mm-hmm. We're saying, you know, I must decrease here. You know, yeah. not, It's not about what I want here. It's about what is true. Mm-hmm. And so it's part of that, this movement to deliberation is this decision. I'm going to actually think about this. I'm not going to mm-hmm. rationalize about it. I'm not going to make up a story. I'm really going to look at mm-hmm. reality. I'm going to, as you said, take inventory of things as they are as yep. best I can. And it's important that the notion of taking inventory is important because it's not only, very rarely is it we were kind of like making up a full fiction. 
right. of, of reality. Yeah. We're not we're not saying, you know, there are times where we panic, you know, in that situation where we hit uh, someone's car and we say, you hit my car. No, I didn't. Like, you know, like, like that does happen, I suppose. But, I, lo- I love but when I have a, yeah. a kid with a hand yeah. in the cookie jar. Like, right. why'd you eat that cookie? What, what cookie? I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's like, yeah. you're like, why are you, why are you saying your hand in the cookie jar? I'm not. You know, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. That, but that's not usually what we usually, do. Usually, yeah. yeah. Usually what we do is much more along the lines of, of selective remembering. Yeah. Of selective attenuation. Right. If we take this fact and we don't really kind of ignore that one, we take that fact, you know. So, for mm-hmm. instance, if we take another situation, you know, like one that we've kind of talked about a little bit, waking up in the morning, right? Yeah. It's very easy to remember the facts of, oh, I didn't sleep very well last night. Okay, fact. Yes. Oh, and, you know, like I have this really hard thing to do later in the day. Another fact. Yes. But to ignore <laughs> the fact that I've made a commitment to pray yeah. for five minutes every time I wake up or something, yeah. you know, like yeah. we, we ignore, we selectively ignore facts. Yeah. And, 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 and attenuate ourselves to others. Here's one. When, when I, when I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not being disciplined with ending my work day and getting in the car and getting home mm. on time or, and I go to the store and I, and I, I'm spending too much time there. And then my wife calls me and says, when are you going to be home? And I'm like, oh, five minutes, five minutes. That's not a lie, but it's, <laughs> it's this wishful thinking because yeah, I know, right. like, no, the hard truth is that's ah, going to be another 20 minutes. I'm sorry, I'm going to yeah. go for dinner. Yeah. You know, so we do that. We don't, it's not an outright lie, but it's, it's, it is a, a shrinking away from the full truth. Mm-hmm. It's trying to flee to some, some little bit more comfortable shade of unreality mm-hmm. so I don't have to just face up to things as they are. Right. And it's important to be able to kind of take the inventory of all the facts and everything because that leads us to the next step of being able to make a judgment based yeah. upon those facts. Yeah. You know, and I don't know exactly where you were going to go in terms of your explanation of kind of how judgment works in, in the, because we, we have different maybe understanding of judgment sure. you know, these days. But judgment yeah. seems to be is that in the same way as when we say 2 plus 2 equals 4, that's that's kind of like a that's an objective reality right there and everything. Mm-hmm. But when we're gathering facts and having to make that decisive kind of jump from there to a conclusion, in many ways we're making a judgment. Yes. You know? And so when we're gathering the facts, we're gathering the facts of the situation, kind of in, you know inventory in our head that what is the what is the truth of this reality. Kind of when we're making that then judgment about you know this yeah. is it. Yeah. This is the reality. It's important because if we only if we're allowing ourselves to kind of still selectively choose those things, then yeah, the judgment, quote unquote, that we make is going to be very faulty. Right. We have to attenuate ourselves to the full reality. Yeah. Out there as much so, as we can. Yeah. Whenever so. a writer like Peeper is using the word judgment, especially in, in the Thomistic, um, scholastic sense, it, it is kind of a more spe- specific philosophical usage of it. And I'm not sure if I have it perfectly down, but my understanding is that, so, so an example of 2 plus 2 equals 4, you're looking at the facts of the matter, and then this, this, this seeing the point, getting the point, mm-hmm. seeing the conclusion is the judgment. Mm-hmm. So there is a judgment involved in 2 plus 2 equals 4, it's just a very straightforward one. Right, right. Like 2 right. plus 2 is like it's 4, it's to apprehend the point, it's to, I see, there's all the, the premises, all the data, and then to get the point, to see what they mean, to apprehend the meaning is sort of the judgment, that's mm-hmm. where the mind okay. apprehends. It, it clamps down on, on something. And so, but I, mm-hmm. so as you said, um, in most of our situations in life, they're not as, um, as straightforward and, and mm-hmm. easy and obvious as 2 plus 2 plus 4. It's more, we take inventory, and then we're having to actually do more cognitively to try to say, okay, what does this mean for my life? Mm-hmm. And I think, again, particularly for uh, prudence here, where, where prudence is about the practical reason. It's about... Mm-hmm. What do I do? What's yeah. the next step? Yeah. That that judgment really always is about, okay, 
what's the meaning here for my my duty for mm-hmm. what I ought to do next for what God right. is asking of me that's what yeah. the and and I think again here we can begin to see another possible failure of prudence I mean mm-hmm. there's the there's the thoughtlessness of just not attending to reality at all, staying mm-hmm. in, in your unreality, whether that's by the laziness. Fir- that's the first one. That's the first one, yeah. whether by laziness or by a kind of a wanting not to see it. But then, you know, even if you've thought about it, you may begin to see where that leads you, what the, what the conclusion is, what that really should mean for you. But to not go there, to not really look at what that means for my life, oh, like this, this accident, this traffic accident really mm-hmm. was my fault. Right. To, to to embrace that, to look at that reality. To make that proper judgment. You know, to yeah. finally go to the conclusion, not just to kind of gather the facts and stuff no, and then no, just like to, we could yeah. there's a million different angles we could look at here. Right. We could we could uh, yeah. keep studying it for you know no no. Yeah. To look at the look at what this means for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that this 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 uh, level of judgment. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we've kinda of, we've made some of those steps. We've kind of figured out how some of those steps work in this. And yeah. we need to be attentive to to the different pitfalls that we can take and, and uh, the different stages of, of prudence there. And so we have the thoughtlessness that can occur right yeah. kind of at the outset of basically just of not even engaging the process, yeah. you know, and that's of just kind of going through life with lukewarmly, you know, with with no kind of intentional even choosing, the, just kind of reacting. The person who and plunges then, head over heels into decision and action without proper consideration. Without proper, yeah, there you go. Yeah, just kind of just going. Yeah. Um, and then we have like the proper thing that we need to do is that deliberation of the facts. But then the next, the next, the, the pitfall between that then and judgment, as we we're talking about, yeah. is that kind of refusing to make that next step of gather, of like deciding on kind of the meaning that this has. What, what do they mean? Yeah. What do they mean? What does it mean for me? And I, I think we can see that in other areas too. Like we have a generation, especially in this informational age we mm-hmm. live in, we we have a tendency, even as, as Catholics. Mm-hmm. We want to stay in that realm of deliberation mm-hmm. of like, oh, I could I could read theology and philosophy and scripture and commentary on the internet and opinions and headlines all day long, mm-hmm. but not ever really say, but what does this mean in terms of like my life? Like, what do I actually do? Mm-hmm. Like, we can be very comfortable staying in the realm of deliberation. Like, yep. we'd be happy just, what's that old joke about the philosopher going to heaven and, and having a choice between going to heaven or having going to a lecture on heaven and yeah. chooses the lecture right, right. because we can we can really enjoy the deliberative process and just want to think about things but not really ask no but what does this mean what does god mean through these events about what i should do mm-hmm. what this means for my life you know what what god's will is for my life our will may be to stay in the deliber- <laughs> the deliberation mm-hmm. but what's god's will what is what am i what's the takeaway what am i supposed to take away from this and do something about that's really that that level of judgment as far as i can tell yeah so we've talked a few different times yeah. throughout these episodes about about the phrase of you know how every every day is just so many different opportunities of prudence or imprudence opportunities to actually try to make to step back into that place of peace mm-hmm. and to uh to deliberate and to make a judgment and then to make a decision and to to move forward rather than go to actually go through that process rather than just kind of reacting and continue on with what the status quo is of how right. i feel like doing stuff right right but uh, we've talked about in reference to that how those are like little moments where we lay down our life. You know, that mm. no, no greater love is a man than lay down life for his friends. Now, it's, it is many times easier for us to think into the future of the possibility of laying our life down in a kind of a physical way and sort of keep that theoretical out there. Yeah. Partially because in that theoretical narrative, it's always got 
there's always this courage that's driving us forward. And so we're not laying down internally. We're not really laying down much. We're yeah. only laying down things externally. And that's part of a key thing of going through this, this sort of, uh, especially in the, in the, the, the initial practices of trying to grow in the habit of prudence is that what we're laying down most, almost first and foremost, every single time and every step of the way is this, is this internal will. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm willing you know, I, I'm going to will like and persevere and like white knuckle it and lay down my life. It's almost every time it's a laying down even of that will and of yeah. surrendering to God. And in that sense, it, that's why it's, it's so hard yeah. is because it's not just a laying down of our external kind of of our external comforts, but with this internal burn that's always kind of keeping us going. Almost mm-hmm. every time it's going to at some point along the way that internal burn is going to be pushing us in the other way. And that's what we have to lay down and for the altar of God. And that's why, yeah, all those little, the little decisions, the little moments of prudence and virtue in every day, that's what an, would enable us to make that heroic act yeah. if we're led to it. Because if it's in those little, it's funny, it's almost in those little acts where we're, we more come to grips with the reality of our own egoism, of our mm. own pride. Mm-hmm. Because, again, when, we, when we're, we would imagine, at least in a big situation, where there's a lot on the line, that certainly, yeah, I'll do the right thing. But what if all that's on the line is the desire of my Lord, mm-hmm. is, the, is what God's will is here and now? No, no big decision on the line. No lives are at stake. Yep. No, no fame or notoriety. No, no, no pride in that I worked really hard and I, I did something great. No, it's just whether or not when when Jesus said, "Come and follow me," I did it in some tiny thing. Like that's mm-hmm. those are it's those it's the a thousand of those little decisions whereby we begin to separate our ego, our self-referential. Like I do things because they're good for me because I want them because I like them. Yeah, because I yeah, and separate that from no Lord. I want to do. I want to do the truth. Mm-hmm. I want to do what your will is. That's, mm-hmm. in the, you know, again, there's no, in the ultimate sense, there's no distinction between the truth and God's will. Mm-hmm. You know, I want things as they are and things are as they are because God wills them or allows them to be that way. Mm-hmm. So I want to act in accord with that. It's amazing how, how much is embedded in yeah. these tiny aspects of even this one single virtue. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. amazing how... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wish there was a. I, I bet there is. I bet there's paintings, uh, pictures. Out. The more that we, but pa- paintings uh, made that 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 really kind of encompass this thing. But yeah. I sometimes wish. Uh, but so, what, the more that we delve into this, the more that we, you start to come to this uh, this vision or this understanding of of each of these actions with with kind of the grandeur that each of them is, the great drama that the Christian life is, even if it's in, in its least apparent dramatic moments. Right. And I wish there was a, sometimes wish there was a painting of just like a child who was like 10, you know, mm. and uh, he's just, he's there at like at the cookie jar or whatever, and he's 10. Maybe there's something a bit more appropriate for a 10 year old or something, but mm. he's sitting at the cookie jar and he's just got his, you know, his, uh, his hand on his chin, mm-hmm. you know, he's looking at the cookie jar and then like overhead, he, o- o- over his head, kind of expanding into like these heavens is just this war going on between angels and demons. Yeah. You know, and uh and I'm sure that there probably is a really good painting about that. But the point is that it's it's not that 
you know, it's not so much that this this particular action is going to like you know damn a soul or save a soul or something, but but every one is a spiritual battle that happens. You don't yeah. you're not going to lose the war in a sense over it, but mm -hmm. it is a battle. Yeah, Thanks, it's you know? the first step on a path. Yeah, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, mm. "Sow a thought, and you reap an action. Sow an act, and you reap a habit. Sow a habit, and you reap a character. Sow a character, and you reap a destiny." Mm. In the yeah, sense of that, that's what we're yeah. thinking about in yeah. terms of each action. It's not that like yeah. is this a big or small thing. It's the question of no, no. With every step, I'm either saying yes to God mm -hmm. or I'm saying no. And there's a thousand ways to say no, mm -hmm. or to or to just withhold or to hold back. There's only really one way to say yes. Right. And it's not about you know like some esoteric finding some secret. No, it's just no. Like most of us, in most of the situations, 99% of our lives, we know our responsibilities. We know our duties. We know. If the if the alarm just went off that I set for myself last night, and the, and the alarm's ringing, that the right thing to do, the right the the only yes to God is mm -hmm. to get up and to pray, you know, and to, mm -hmm. like that's and and it's each of those decisions either are making us that saint or that opposite of the saint. Mm -hmm. So it begins in that cognitive aspect of prudence, though. Yes, you know. So there's the deliberation, this turning to reality, taking inventory, really looking at things. There's the, the, the judgment, which is really seeing the point, getting the point, seeing what it means for my life and, and accepting that, embracing mm -hmm. that. Um, but then, so then, then it turns, though, to this decisive act, aspect of prudence, the imperative. Um, and I think this is really important to, to see this, this distinction, too, because all along this, or this list, we see the ways that prudence fails. You know, we, we see the person, again, the thoughtlessness of not even... Not even rising to the level level of deliberation, um, we see the maybe the lingering in deliberation or the thinking, but never really getting to the point mm -hmm. or, or or seeing the takeaway for our lives, seeing what this means for my life. But then, even once you've done that, even though even if you've you've taken stock and you've seen the point, you you've kind of seen what you should do, like you can still write that down as a, a wish or a to do item mm -hmm. with no real plan of action of how it's going to be done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I can at least see that a lot in my life. We're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm going to totally lose 20 pounds this year, whatever. Yep. You know, and you can have that as, as a goal or I'm going to pray more or I'm going to... The distinction or, or the, the, the transition between um, the judgment and the decisiveness, it kind of rem reminds me of that distinction between kind of vague goals or wishes and then SMART goals. Have you heard that, that, that terminology? SMART is an acronym for uh, specific, measurable attainable, relevant, time-based. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I mean, we actually we should do an episode sometime about those pieces because they're very relevant to prudence. But huh. the point is, is that if you have a goal of just like, oh, I want to pray more mm -hmm. next year. I mean, right. like, it's not specific. It's not measurable. It's not, there's no time frame, et cetera, and so forth. And a smart goal is where you know, you've, you've actually made the decisive aspect of, of seeing how this is going to happen. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray more next year by mm -hmm. getting up at this time, committing to this amount of prayer, you know, kind of doing an exam to see how it went. Like it, it's making um, uh, an actual concrete plan. And that's a real aspect of prudence, you know. As mm -hmm. Again, it says in Proverbs, the prudent man looks ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, the so on the decisive side of prudence, there's really grappling with that uh, that judgment that you've made, but. But then really um, making a plan for action, you mm -hmm. know, uh, whether that's just the next step or whether that's 
um, you know, a, a bit further out in the future. How is this actually going to come into play? What are the steps I actually need to take for this to come to be? Yeah, and it's in that it's in that this, that planning where the other cardinal virtues kind of come totally. into play, right? Yeah. Um, because and we we've talked about this before, and mm -hmm. we're we're not going to go into a ton today because we don't want to talk too much about those other virtues before their time. But we'll get there. Yes. We'll get there. Yeah. But at the same time, we we can see how this this process leading up to those things um, then gives us the opportunity to actually be courageous and be temperate and be just. Mm -hmm. Because it's been a matter of deliberation and of mm -hmm. deciding to do it rather than kind of sort of reacting and then probably falling into the, um, as we talked about before, falling into the natural proclivity towards um, extremism mm -hmm. in whichever way that we particular, in, in whichever particular way we individually uh, tend towards. Yeah. You know, the ex extremism of, yeah, uh, you know, feel bad about, I feel bad about myself for, for doing this thing that I did and I really angry at myself for it so now i'm just going to overreact and go That's like true. make a huge big grandiose plan without really any sort of yeah. details and everything but it's it's in that deliberation where we we step back and uh, into that that place of silence and then mm -hmm. we we go forward and then once we've come to the point where we're like okay i'm going to make a decision now about going forward and planning mm -hmm. that's when we invite then those other uh, uh virtues to yeah. inform those decisions you know yeah and once again um that we're talking about a virtue here. We're talking about something that becomes easier, more natural, more fluid over time as we practice it. You know, again, the, the, the very first, we recognize those moments when the temptation, the urge is to avoid reality. You know, and, and again, there's a, there's a lack of courage there. You know, mm -hmm. all the virtues are contained in each in, in a certain, mm -hmm. certain respect. But sure. as, we, as we go grow more courageous when it comes to reality, then, then the process, the turning involved in prudence becomes more natural. Yeah, and I think that's why it's cyclical in that sense. Mm -hmm. That that's why like there's the other, the uh, the uh, the virtues are very much involved in each other in, yeah. in the sense that it's cyclical. You yeah. know, as you mentioned earlier about um, a, a particular thinker who talked about how maybe all we have the courage of, of to do at the beginning is open the door to reality just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, but but every time we go through that process of of actually having like the kind of the courage to do that, and then once we get to the end of that, well, once we get into that process of attuning ourselves to reality and then deciding, that decision then is going to be a decision of courage, a strong courage, yeah. you know, a, a, to a one degree or another. It's probably yeah. be very small and everything, but it's a decision of courage. But in, in, in kind of processing, going through that process and doing it and doing it over and over, that process becomes easier. The, courage, the kind of kernel of courage that it takes to, at the beginning of that process mm -hmm. is going to be a lot more just ingrained and automatic. Yeah. for us and so then 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 that breeds that process again and that goes to more court murk more courage and etc cetera, etc cetera. but um but that go, that in a sense points back to kind of a very monastic way of going about life yeah that you you pray then you act and then you reflect yes. and you repeat that's so important yeah I, I that that cycle i think is a an important um thing to continue to return to here in the study of virtue or recognizing that pray it starts with prayer mm -hmm. and part of that prayer is this this recognizing that this all comes out of grace mm -hmm. we're only acting in grace we're responding to god's grace but it's all grace mm -hmm. our ability to do good is grace and we we never forget that and we must never forget that because that's when we start to go astray mm -hmm. but then in that grace we, we respond by yeah, acting. We go out there and try to have the most virtuous day possible. We try to be prudent and just and courageous and temperate. 
But then we return to prayer and we mm. reflect what happened. Mm. You know, um, I, I'm fascinated, and we're going to be talking more with Brother Rex Norris um, uh, about prayer. We're going to dig mm. into that aspect of the catechism too. But the connection between prudence and prayer, I think, is so important. I mean, so just think of what we talked about today in terms of, of the deliberative, the, the judgment, and mm-hmm. the decisive action. Apply that simply, apply that to reading scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we, can, we, can go, we can all go home tonight and we can do Lexio Divina, divine reading. We can, we can go to scripture and we can read from the gospel. We can read passages of scripture. And then we need to go through those pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to think about what is there. We, we, we turn, we do the reading, we think about it. But then the judgment is saying, okay, Lord, what are you speaking to me through this scripture yeah. today. Wow, I never really thought of it. You know, Lord, what, what is this saying to yeah. me? Because there's a reason I'm here. There's a reason I'm in this chair reading the Bible. There's a reason I'm reading these words. Lord, mm-hmm. you have something to say to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not something esoteric, you know, necessarily. It's usually just, you know, something very simple. Some simple, classic, uh, um, but profound truth of the gospel that I just need to... to, to um, put into practice or just to, to attend to more, more closely. But then the decisive aspect of it is that if I've, if I've revealed something that needs to change, then I need to make an actual plan, not mm-hmm. just a kind of a vague feeling like, oh yeah, I need to change that in my life. No, a plan. What am I going to do tomorrow mm-hmm. so that it's a little bit more uh, in line than today? It seems to me that prudent, that in talking about prudence, we are getting to a, a key part of the the prayer life of any given Christian that that often um, that often gets neglected in the sense that we, I mean, so first of all, so many of us are going to struggle with you know prayer at the beginning and end of the day of having set aside time for prayer. Yeah. But then, in a sense, more important than that, we've talked about this, I think, in one of our past episodes of how the the kind of a key linking there then is the returning to that place, uh, returning that returning in a sense to prayer throughout the day, even when, mm-hmm. like, kids are screaming, you know, even yeah. when um, uh, crazy stuff is going on, even when music's blurring at wherever place mm-hmm. of work we're at or something, of returning frequently to that that place of the presence of God yeah. um, throughout the day. Yeah. And what that helps us to do is when we, uh, w- when we return to that, when we intentionally return and step back to that, what we're doing is mm-hmm. we're actually acting, we're making the first step in an act of prudence. Yeah. In any given moment, and the more that we practice that, that is a moment of prayer where yeah. we're stepping back and trying to attune ourselves to God, trying to attune ourselves to what is, what is the right thing to do, and to remind ourselves that our first and foremost duty is to attend to God throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so we, we uh, prudence in a sense is helping us, kind of back and forth, is helping us to to extend our prayer and its fruit throughout the rest of the day. And in that way, we actually are able to achieve what is asked to us in Scripture, which is to pray without ceasing. Yes. And that, it's a key thing that we got to be able to do. We've yeah. got to be able to practice. It's, it's just huge. Yeah, and there's, oh, there's so much here and there's so, right. much, there's so much more. Um, I think we'll leave it there for today. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, again, I, I think it's just fascinating already to see if we dig just a little bit beneath the surface of virtue and of the virtue of prudence, we, we, we really see... Uh, we, we see the interplay of grace and our, and our human uh, nature, our, the will that God's given us. We see how we need to respond to that. But I think, we, you know, especially with prudence, we see how we have to always be turning, converting back to reality, you know, conti- returning to that, especially when we've made a mistake going back to saying, Lord, what's real and what is your will? 
and, and starting starting and ending there, you know. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Peter. Thanks yeah. for a good discussion. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and thank you guys for joining us uh, for this uh, this conversation. Hope it's been edifying and uh, hopefully hel- helpful in some way to you. We'd like to know what you think, you know. So please send us a note, a contact form, or a comment somewhere. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, your questions, your comments, maybe your experiences with this virtue or the, the life of virtue, uh, the life in Christ. Uh, and again, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. Uh, we are a network of people who have come home to the Catholic Church, pastors, lay people, people who have become Catholic, and others who are th- considering that journey. And so we're a network of people who are supporting one another in prayer. Uh, if you go to the website, chnetwork.org, we've got a lot of great resources and testimonies as well as an online community uh, where you can connect with others uh, like yourself uh, if you're on that journey. And we'd love to walk the journey with you. So once again, thank you for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. God bless you, and we'll see you again next time.